to the latest episode of Psychics and Sidekicks. And I'm joined today by the lovely Lindsay Marino. Uh, Lindsay is uh, a psychic medium and a teacher and used to be a teacher of youngsters in her past. I've, uh, I've got that one off of your website, Lindsay, so I'm going to steal that. But I will be talking about it. I want to ask you a few more questions about that. Thank you very much for joining me, Lindsay. Please say hello to the listeners and give us a little bit more of an introduction to you, if you will. Thank you, Sean. And I'm so glad everyone's listening right now. Um, yes, I was definitely a third grade teacher. I, I thought I was going to retire as a third grade teacher. Um, mm -hmm. I taught for seven years and I absolutely loved it. But there was a point where I was really diving into mediumship and I started to notice I had to choose between those two paths. I couldn't do both. I couldn't have one yeah. hand in the teaching in the public school and the other hand in, you know, working with psychic mediums to train them and then also to give my readings and travel and do audience readings. So my heart guided me out of the public school system. But I always say that they were my first teachers before I taught adults. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's the similarity between a third grade student and an adult student? Because I, I think as an adult, we're probably much more difficult to deal with. <laughs> it's funny because each, I always tell my adult students that I always see that inner child in them. I can see it right away. And I yeah. feel like there's a few things that are the same. One is we all want to be seen and heard and feel understood, you know, that, that main yeah. piece to it. And then also we need a safe space to actually grow and learn. If you feel frightened in class or you feel like you're not safe, it's going to be a lot more difficult to learn and grasp the concepts with anything, like whether it's learning how to read, um, read a, a textbook, or it's learning how to read as a medium and give readings, you know? Yeah. So we definitely need that safe space where they feel like they can ask questions and don't feel like, oh gosh, that's a stupid question. The teacher is going to think that it's not a smart question. Like they need to feel comfortable. Yeah, I think that's typically um, an adult challenge as well. Is you don't want to, you don't want to sound like the stupid one, do you? In, in, right. I think it, it it gets more and more difficult to be that person and to to be bold and brave for want of a better description, and, and say, excuse me, miss, I don't understand that, yeah. as an adult. Right, exactly. And most of the time, like 99.9% .9 of the time, everyone has the same question. They're just afraid yeah. to ask. Yeah. So that's so it's, the it's always the, the message is be brave and, and ask the questions. Definitely. So you do, um, you do psychic readings and mediumship. Um, my friend Andy... Uh, Andy Beasley is uh, a psychic medium here in the UK. And this, so I, in, where this came about, I became the sidekick because I started working with Andy early this year. And um, I record his mediumship evenings. So we make a recording of everything. And then if people want to, to get a copy of their reading from that night, we will send that on to them as a, a gift for coming along. And um, I think that's certainly a, a really useful thing because quite often in that situation, the recipients under pressure to process what they've been told to respond, um, whether it be positive or negative, but to respond in some way so that the medium understands where the where the uh, conversation is going, and um, at least they get that chance to reflect if they take a recording away or they get that. We, we usually email it to them within about forty eight hours. And do you do anything like that yourself? 
So it's interesting because as you're speaking, I, I love that idea. And at the beginning I was recording and then over time, organically, it started to change for me. I totally agree where there's so much pressure put on clients to say, you know, if it makes sense or not. So sometimes they'll say, can I take out a piece of paper and take notes? And I always tell them, you know, I'd rather you not take notes during this time because you're going to get in your analytical brain and you're not going to feel the energy of the reading. Mm -hmm. um, but I always, I teach my psychic mediumship students this, and I always say, you know, take what resonates and leave behind what doesn't. But one of the things that I recognized, I got a reading from someone that did angel readings. This was probably now at this point over 10 years. And it was such a powerful reading. And I ended up listening to a CD after because it was on CD. And when I listened to it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel the same that I felt when I was in the moment. Like I couldn't get back into that, that energy of the reading. So I decided to take away recordings personally. I don't feel like there's a right or a wrong way to do it. That was just something that I experienced. Now, next month I can decide I'm going to start doing recordings again. Anything can change. But um, when you share that, I'm like, it is something great to do when people can take, take it away with them, but also know the importance of, you know, you have to get back in that zone. You might not feel it the same, but you can listen through it in a different way. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it does. And where we where we came about with the idea is Andy's done this for I think probably about twenty-five years or so and yeah. not not done that. Uh, you know, okay. he's not really given uh, recordings. So it's only since we've got together and we've been working this year and, and we've talked about ideas of how to just be a little bit different to the to what's going around and what's normal. And um I think it's probably more by when he's giving information and somebody's not, I don't, I don't relate to that. And that, you know, that's not resonating with me. And Andy's very much is like, trust me, it, there will be, you probably need to take this away. Talk to a member of the extended family or do a little bit of research and you will find the link. And so we felt, well, if we gave them a recording, when those moments are there, then they can yeah. use that. They can go back to it, listen to it again, and perhaps put those pieces of the puzzle together. And so that's why we started doing it. Um, and as you say, you know, some some day in the future, we might go, right, we need to change this again. And, you know, we'll stop doing that. We'll do something different. But it's so true when you just shared that. That happens all the time where there's like a small detail that they can't think of in the mm -hmm. moment. And then after like, wait, you said this and now it makes sense. So totally yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. So I love that. So I mean, I'm interested in what you do when you are teaching a student. Yeah. So how does how does a student in your world come about and how do you convert that into your teachings? How how does that relationship start up, I guess, really is the right question. So that's a good question. I reflect on this a lot. Like, how did I meet the student that came yeah. along? <laughs> um, and we talk about it too. When we sometimes we'll meet in person, sometimes it will just be online, but it's mm -hmm. funny, a lot of students come to me through getting readings. They'll get a reading with me and then later they'll see something that I post online or see something on my website and they're like, I've had different dreams or I felt different intuitive yeah. thoughts or felt like my past loved one was around. And I want to learn more about it. A lot of the other times there might be students that start with me and then 
they're telling a friend or like a, actually one of my students the other day, she's been doing mediumship for over 20 years. Um, and she was doing an event. Um, and in her event, she spoke about her mentor, which was me. And then after someone came up to her and now she's my student, she just came up to her and said, what's your teacher's name? And she signed up for my mediumship mentorship. So it comes in so many different ways. Um, but I do feel like there's a sense of guidance that comes in when you're looking for a teacher um, and you just kind of gravitate to different people. I believe that everyone has something within them. You know, some people might not resonate mm -hmm. with me and they'll go to another teacher. Um, and I trust that process, but yeah. it does seem like they're referred to me a lot of the times they've either got a reading or even came to one of my events. I remember one event I did in where I live now in Tampa and some people came up to me at the end and said, do you have classes on this? And in that one event, I think there were four students that signed up and two of those students weren't even looking for a mentorship teacher at all. They just were intrigued by mediumship. Yeah. We, we've got, um, I would say she's called, well, I call her the apprentice. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's a lady called Zeta. And she went to one of Andy's evenings a few weeks ago. And Andy very quickly sort of pointed her out in the crowd and said, you've got an ability. And um, she, she's, she, I think she confirmed that or she sort of, in, yes, uh, a, a little bit, but she didn't get too into it. But then later on, he was drawn to her and gave her a little bit of a reading and, and offered her the opportunity to stand up and have a go in the after, uh, in the second session. And uh, she's infinitely braver than me because she did. <laughs> but um but from that we've got this relationship going now where she's she's come along to some events and she's just doing sort of five ten minute um pieces and working with andy to develop her, her skills and um but i think that's really fascinating that you you can get you, you can get students in that way from going and doing a, a, a session and quite often people are saying they've got a sensitivity or an ability and, you know, and or Andy will just go, you've got something, you know, we, yeah. we should talk afterwards and, and and that just comes out. So I was curious how that was working for yourself. And I, I, I think there's definitely some similarities, uh, yeah. although he's not set himself out as a teacher. He's, um, you know, he's very much he's been doing this himself and it's just more recently started to look at other people with abilities and and trying to connect with them rather than just um, you know, just give readings. I love that. And it, it's such a good point because I, I often get asked by people, can anyone do this? And I know this goes against the popular opinion with mediumship, but I truly believe it's just like a radio station away. It's like a dial away, a preset station away where some people are more sensitive and intrigued by mediumship and they're there. Yeah. Like, you know, it might be someone sitting in the audience and they've had these things happening more recently or they've had it since they were little and they're aware of it. And then there's some other people that they're intrigued by mediumship. They've never really tapped into it, but they're willing to sit and figure out how to do it. And I believe yeah. those people can do it too. It's almost like learning how to play a new musical instrument. Some people have the, the natural ear for music when they're two or three and other people, they're just intrigued by the piano and they want to learn it. They sign up for a tutor and they practice, they put in the dedication and they can get there too. Yeah. So that's, it that's is very interesting. Yeah. Yes. It, it's very interesting. And um, 
I've learned, I think, quite a bit about myself already uh, as I've gone through this um, this last few months, starting uh, recording the podcast, and it's been very insightful and and it not not triggering, but it's thought provoking and it it, tr- it does trigger memories, uh, but not trigger as many people see the word trigger these days. Um, but talking to people about dreams, for example. And um, one lady that I've been speaking to, and she reminded me of dreams, recurring dreams, and not very nice recurring dreams that I had as a youngster. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm 55 now, and I've probably not even thought about those dreams for 30 years. But all of a sudden, they're coming back, and I'm starting to recall them and, you know, and, and, and to share them as well. You know, and there's something that from a dream that wasn't pleasant, apart from, explained to mum and dad when I was a youngster. Never talked about them in my life until now. And there's something quite cathartic about just getting it off your chest as well and, and sharing that with someone. I love that. And it's so true. And it's interesting how things come back when mm-hmm. they're almost like rising up to come out, up and out to to have it flow out of yeah. you, you know? And that's beautiful able to tap into it again not when it's all fun when it's happening but but (laughs) we can actually talk about it and kind of think okay i there's some meaning to this you know with getting this up and out yeah definitely and synchronicity is a big thing as well i think for me right now and um i'm going to call out synchronicity actually in this conversation with you because i came across your profile on social media i liked I was drawn to you and what you were saying in the, your little sound bites that you were doing. And so I reached out to you and we had a couple of exchanges and we agreed to get this conversation going. And um, that was a good, a good few weeks ago. And in between times, I made a connection with a lady called Amy Barrington. And uh, here's where the synchronicity comes in because I recorded a podcast with Amy. I was I was so taken by her story that it, it ended up going out in the launch uh, episodes. And then I know Amy was away on a workshop a few days ago and she posted a picture and straight away I could see in the corner, there's Lindsay. <laughs> so I messaged, <laughs> I know. I messaged Amy and said, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that Lindsay Marino was on the call with, on the course with you. I'm talking to her this week. So, you know, th- this has all come around. It comes around for a reason. Totally. And it was a blessing to meet her and hear her story. And it, it is so mm. crazy how they're all connected. Like you're in the UK I was in Florida. Amy was in Colorado. We ended up in, you know, another part of Florida to do this program and just hearing her story. It's just like I, I shared with you earlier. I told her, I want to, I want to read your book. When you write a book, mm. I want to hear that, that book yeah, because absolutely, you know, she, she's really been amazing to hear everything that's come up in her life. So mm. I love that connection, that synchronistic. I, I, I believe everything is connected in some way and what we're on the frequency to receive we're in alignment we start to notice synchronicities even more that's when they start coming up because i believe it's available to us all the time it's just when you're in alignment you start to see them Mm -hmm. it it was and i asked her about um how she found out about us and you know this this is a relatively young idea um july this year was when we decided we we're going to do the podcast so i literally created a facebook group for it connected a few 
uh, immediate friends and family, and, and it grew out from there, joined one or two groups here and there. And um, I asked Amy how she found us, and she explained to me that her Reiki master had said to her, you need to share your story on a podcast. And she went wow. looking for podcasts on, in which to do it, and she found my post asking for people to come on and talk about psychics. I love it. So it was brought together <laughs> absolutely meant to be yeah absolutely Beautiful. And, and i was talking to her earlier today and um i think somewhere along the line we've we've kind of made a commitment that we're going to try and make sure that she gets big enough with through with all of this that yes. um, she comes across the uk to do some motivational speaking and then she's gonna buy me a coffee oh i love it i love <laughs> it beautiful so your teaching, um, how long have you actually been teaching psychic readings and mediumship? So around that topic, really, that was probably around 2012-2013. So mm -hmm. I actually started with teaching about intuition. That was like the right. general topic. So people would come to me, they'd get a reading. Um, because really, I started to really tap into the other side that I was aware of in 2007. Um, when my own past loved one um, transitioned to the heavenly realm. Um, but with teaching, people would come to me and say, how do I tap into my intuition? So at the time, Skype was really big. There wasn't even Zoom yeah. then. So I'd go on Skype and do one-on-one -on -one mentoring for intuition. And then I noticed they all had the same questions. And I was creating these homework assignments for intuition students. And I decided, let me put them in a group and do a group class. And then it became an online program, like a course. So that's how it organically grew. And then from there, they're like, I want to learn about mediumship. And then the mediumship um, program grew. And then from there, they're like, how do I do the business aspect of mediumship? And then that grew. So now I have a membership for mediums. So there's so many different things that organically grew over time. Excellent. Yes. And and what would you say is your favorite element to work with and to teach? I know this is definitely, you know, I absolutely love running retreats. I, I have a psychic mediumship retreat that happens mm -hmm. annually. I love, I love teaching there because I can bring in the aspect of mediumship and readings. And then I could also talk about the importance of, you know, when you're working with clients and how to create a schedule that feels right for you and your clients. Um, so I feel like that whole aspect together is really important. And I really like holding space for my mediums and a membership group too. And my husband um, works with the mediums too. So he's the mindset coach behind this. I do believe that okay. there's, it's not just about the techniques. I feel like anyone could practice the techniques. It's really about, okay, let me get my mindset right so that I can actually move out of my own way when I'm learning about mediumship. Because mediumship yep. is not something that's, you know, like cut and dry. Like I'm going to learn mediumship and this is it. Like you really have to believe in yourself because there's so many times I can't even count the times that I thought I could have done a better reading or, yep. you know, why <clears> didn't <throat> I say this name or why didn't this came up come up this way? And I think a lot of mediums face that. They face self-doubt they they face the the fact that what if I don't do it like I did last time you know and I, I like to really be talking about the mindset piece too and 
you know, so it's really holistically, I like, I like the holistic view of mediumship. Right. Lovely. I think that's fabulous as well, that as, as a, a team, you and your husband right. are working this together and, um, you know, having the support of somebody that's so close to you is really, really important as well, isn't it? It really is. Like you need some sort of support. And sometimes our family members can't be supportive. You know, I've worked mm -hmm. with students that their spouse wasn't open to this sort of thing, or they had yeah. a, a sister or a mother that would say, okay, now, now you're getting into mediumship. Where did this come from? It's like, there's so many, um, so many things that can come up. I've, I've met with a lot of resistance myself and I've seen students also do that, um, experience that resistance, but that's yeah. why I feel like it's so important to, to have podcasts like yours and to connect with people so that you don't feel alone going through the process of uncovering these abilities that, that we have, you know? You yeah, definitely. Support. I mean, I, I, I can resonate with the fact that you, you say your husband works on the mindset because yeah. I would put myself in that sort of category. I describe myself as being openly curious. I, um, I, for a lot of my life, was very sceptical about it. My mum and my nan both went to spiritualist church uh, for many years, and um, I didn't particularly have anything, you know, any interest in it whatsoever. And um, apart from a couple of stories that mum and dad have told me over the years, uh, which were like they're, they're kind of like really out of the out of the norm. They're, they're so far off the scale compared to everyday life. That it was like, yeah, there's something in that, but I don't know what it is, and therefore I, I sort of dismiss it. Um, but I've been told a couple of, by a couple of different people that I have an ability or abilities, but haven't worked out how to tap into them yet. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I can completely agree with you about that. I said because I've I've recently I've been looking to try and sort of get into meditation, uh, just for relaxation and. More often than not, I'm asleep within a few minutes. And so it's like, well, I don't know whether I was meditating or not because <laughs> I was snoring my head off. <laughs> so right. I really don't know, really don't know is it, um, how it works in, in that sense. So I think mindset is, is a really good place to start. Yeah. I've kind of sort of answered a question without even asking it. And, and it was going to be, if you're a teacher, where do you explain to somebody that they need to be in their, in themselves? in order to start to learn and to open up and to be more receptive? That's a good question. I feel like, it, well, at the very beginning of my program, I talk about let's get clear in your beliefs. Because sometimes mm -hmm. we don't even know we have these inner beliefs in us that are like, I'm saying negative and positive, but really nothing's negative. You know, it's more mm -hmm. of a lesson learned. But I feel like at the very beginning of the training, I always talk about what beliefs have come up within you. Like for me, I, I grew up Catholic. So I used to think it was a sin to go to a psychic. I had no clue what a medium was. Um, but it wasn't until my former boyfriend passed. He passed in a motorcycle accident. And after he passed in the motorcycle accident, that's when stuff started to come about. I started to have visitations from him and get signs and messages. Then I didn't care about the Catholic piece. I was like, I just want to make sure he's okay. And I want to know that, wait a second, he's still around me because all of a sudden he is ripped from my life and he's gone. Yeah. How can that even happen? So in my pain and grief, I gravitated to mediumship. But with some of my students that come to me, they still have those beliefs of, 
what if it goes against my religion? Or what if my belief is this is just me making it up? Or when I was little, I had an imaginary friend and adults told me I was crazy. <laughs> you know, it's like really uncomfortable that. <laughs> so it's like, un it's like really taking off the layers. And I feel like it's through the whole process of working together with my students. Like, wait, why, why do you feel like that right now? You yeah. know, there's actually a common thread between that I've noticed over the years working with all these different students that there's a common thread with the way that we work, even with our previous jobs in our life. Like when I was a third grade teacher, I always thought like, am I doing enough? Like, am I enough with what I'm putting out there for the kids? It doesn't matter how many mm -hmm. awards, you know, I would have got or the, the title yep. highly effective teacher. It's like, that was my mindset on, am I enough? Well, that showed up in my mediumship. Your, your mediumship is a mirror for your personal life. So we talk about that on how, how were you before, you know, in your previous yeah. job? So, yeah, we're, we're almost programmed to be um, self-deprecating, aren't we? And, and, yeah. and to, to question ourselves and um, the inner perfectionist will never actually realize itself because whatever you do and however good you get, you're always going, am I good enough? Um, right. you know, and I say I live imposter syndrome every day yeah. in some way, shape or form. And, yes. you know, it's, it can be something related to the podcast. It can be something related to what I've done at work. It could be something related to what I'm doing at home. And there's always elements of like, did I do that right? Have I done it well enough? Should I have done it at all? Yeah. <laughs> all, all of those thoughts go through your head, don't they? Yeah. Um, and people have told me in the conversations I've had to date that we are all born with the ability because yeah, I we've got no programming. There's no social programming. There's no education. And it's social programming and education that takes it away. Some people actually progress through it and maintain their ability and keep that channel open. And others, um, the majority probably of the population actually soak up that negativity and that um, that structure which actually yeah. spoils the their ability to open up the channels right and it's it's so true and it's kind of funny because somehow with mediumship when it's meant to be in your life it will come back in it like you'll have that feeling of almost like i feel like i need to learn more about this right now in my life some people mm -hmm. learn reiki first or they learn meditation and then Just Reiki, Reiki recently. Did yeah. you? That's so funny. That's kind of how it started for me too. Like I was connecting yeah. with my past loved one and then a friend of mine knew that I was in deep grief and said, can I give you some Reiki? And I said, what's that? And she said, it's just an energy <laughs> healing. So when she gave it to me, I'm like, I want to learn how to do that. And I started to pick up things intuitively when I was yeah. giving Reiki. So it's almost like, you know, they say certain things are the gateway drug to go to the next space. I feel like Reiki is the, the gateway, the channel to get to mediumship sometimes yeah. or grief or it, you don't need a trauma to get you into mediumship. But I find a lot of people that I work with, they've had a loss or they've had a moment where they felt intrigued to learn about energy healing, or they just have seen a dream or repeating numbers. They're like, I want to investigate that a little bit more, yeah. you know? And um, when it comes to imposter syndrome, that's a topic that I talk about a lot with my students and my members in the mediumship community, because I face that. I remember 
coming home from doing audience events and my my husband would go with me and I would leave and I would say, I could have done better. And he's like, I just watched the show. I talked to people after the show. They came up to me and, and loved it. I said, but why didn't I get this? He's like, you're beating yourself up. And it got to yeah. the point where I was so sick of hearing my negative self-talk and it was draining me into my weekend where I thought I, thought I could have done better, that I made an agreement with myself that I wasn't going to do that anymore. I could always do better. We can always do better, but it's the way that I was reflecting on my readings that was really important. After I did that, I found my energy wasn't leaking out after events. It wasn't leaking out after the private readings. And I started to focus on, okay, let me celebrate, you know, what happened and how could I go deeper next time, but not be attached to you know, it being perfect, because if we're searching for perfect, that's never going to happen. There's no yeah. such thing as perfect. And we're always going to let ourselves down. So um, with my students, I have them use a little, a little checklist after the reading, so that they can reflect in a really healthy way and celebrate the positives and also write down, okay, what can I do next time that will be, you know, even more improved? Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. Um, I one thing I I've sort of took away from some past voluntary work that I did, and the the old practice makes perfect is uh, is not anything that I ever use now. Um, myself and my wife we were adult instructors with the army cadets, and there they use the phrase practice makes permanent. So the more you do it, the easier it becomes, and so I use that now in anything and everything that I do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you've seen it all, you know, mm -hmm. you probably noticed the connection between teaching in that way and then hearing about the mediums too. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So I was going to, I was going to tell you something about imaginaries. So as a youngster and Donna still takes the Mickey out of me for this, uh, I used to have an imaginary horse and apparently we went away on, um, went away in the, in the car one day and I was like, Oh no, I've, I've not, tied up my horse i've not fed it and uh, and everything and after that don't i don't recall actually ever going back to anything related to that imaginary horse when we came back from the holiday and donna goes on about it. she winds me up about it but um i mentioned it to somebody else i'd talked to and she said you should look that up because that might be your totem spirit oh wow and yeah. i'm like oh yeah wow there's something Definitely. else to look it gives at. Me goosebumps when you're talking about it <laughs> So that's interesting. So that was when you were younger and then you don't remember kind of connecting in in that way. Not, af not after that, after that holiday, no. Isn't it funny how that happens? Like one situation where you feel like you're not seen or like believed that you could easily mm -hmm. shut down. Um, but that's very interesting. I was just talking about horses, actually. When we were in yeah. our workshop, <laughs> we were talking about horses. And I feel like they're very sensitive creatures, too. Hmm. Beautiful. They are, yeah. And I've a um so there's a lady called Paloma Birchie. Uh she's in I was trying to think where she is now. It's um I think it's Austria, somewhere like that. Uh and I was speaking to her early this year, and she do, she does talk with animals. And it was a really, really fascinating uh conversation that I had with her about how she first discovered this. Uh, and this was this was way before even the internet came about. Uh, she was in an email group 
<laughs> that was one of the things oh, that you yeah. about as an email group where people used to, from around the world used to email uh, communications between each other. And she basically had a, a message from a horse. She'd drop, she'd sort of taken the horse back and she was just about to get in a car and drive away. And she heard this voice asking her to stop. And um, she turned around, there was no one there. So she went back and one of the horses sort of basically just looked her right in the eye and she felt that connection. And she went on and looked and their, their food troughs were upturned and empty. He was told. And, so, and she, so she basically they told her to stop so that she could go back and sort out the food and everything for them. And oh after she shared that story with people, she then started doing research into it and um, she discovered the ability that she had and, and has been um, trading it ever since. Wow. I love that story. And I just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> it's amazing how that happens. And she actually listened to the voice because sometimes it's easy mm. to ignore it. Yeah. And Paloma, uh, sorry, not Paloma, uh, Amy, when I was talking to her and, and Ines, when she had the near-death experience and she heard the voice telling her to play dead, she goes on to explain that um, she'd heard this a couple of times before she took notice of it, but she thought that a voice in her head would be a big booming voice, you know, like sort of the, um, the, the typical God booming voice. And she said, I didn't expect it to be my own voice. Wow. And I didn't so, hear that her own her own voice telling her in her head to play dead because she was being attacked by uh, a former um, partner. Wow. So yeah, you, you you're gonna have to listen to her podcast story now because it really is good. Can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, I think actually, I, I've got to a point where I'm quite happy to say thank you very much, Lindsay, for uh, for the conversation that we've had tonight. I certainly think from the education point of view, I would probably like to come back and talk to you a little bit more and maybe do an episode where we we sort of pull it apart a little bit. So we break it down into, well, in, into little chunks and, and maybe do a mini educational episode with me if, if you would come and do that. I would love that, definitely. Fantastic. Because I do think that, um, you know, the whole purpose of this is it's a journey of learning and discovery for me. And the reason I decided to do it in podcast form is that as I learn, I can share. So if I share, other people can learn. And I think to get people like yourself to really expand on on your particular skill set, then that makes some really good episodes that we can do. Yes, I, that sounds amazing. Wonderful. Well, on that note, Lindsay, you've been an absolute superstar. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sean. I will speak to you again soon.